Welcome to the ATP Fitness Podcast. This is episode six of six. So this is the last podcast of this series. Uh, we're absolutely delighted with all the feedback we've gotten from the podcast. And the great thing about it is that this information is always going to be there for you. There's been certain pillars and certain areas that we've been focusing on in the podcast to try and give you as much information as you can to be the healthiest version of yourself. Uh, today, what we're going to look at covering is going to be stress in a bit more detail. And we're also going to be covering our mindset when we approach a holiday period. So when it comes to stress, uh, everybody's stressed. We live in a, a world that for a lot of people is probably traveling at 100 miles an hour. And it's very important to have strategies in place to be able to identify your stress and to be able to just slow down when you need to um, because stress plays a massive part in our overall physical and mental health. And I spoke to Keen beforehand and we said that the main thing we want to get from this podcast is that you associate stress with physical health and with your mental health and that how it has this domino effect in regards if you're stressed it can play a part in not getting sleep it can play a part in your nutrition choices and affect your overall health so hopefully by the end of the podcast you'll have a bit more on that i think it's just about making people uh aware of it as well like you know when uh we, we mentioned this in the, the last podcast as well when we talked about sleep that a lot of people will come in the door and you know at the forefront of their mind when it, when it comes to making a change is like nutrition and exercise but they'll rarely think of stress as an issue. So it's just making people aware that it is an issue and it can, like, a lot of the time be a major issue affecting everything else that's going on in their lives. Like, what is stress? And I think Alan Murphy would have touched on it uh, when he was here as well, but, like, stress comes in different forms. We have, you know, chronic stress and we have acute stress. There's a difference between the two, okay? Acute stress is stress that comes on us quickly and... It lasts for a short period of time and then we, we kind of come back to homeostasis or back to normality. Uh, that acute stress isn't going to affect us massively. Where a big health implication comes is from what chronic stress is. So chronic stress, chronic means over a long period of time. So chronic stress is when you get the same symptoms of this acute stress, but they stay elevated. So like some symptoms from stress are when something happens, heart rate goes up, like your blood pressure goes up, heart rate goes up, uh, you start panicking, you start sweating, like these these areas of stress that come on, if that's happening like really often, that's where it's going to cause major health implications. Yeah, so like, like as you say, like we need a certain level of stress, a small amount of stress is actually good for us, but like I suppose the reality is in, in today's world, so we're getting stressed over work, emails or to-do lists, social relationships so it's that kind of spiral effect that like everyone's in this kind of like highly elevated of stress instead of you know getting stressed over something and then dropping back down again like i think for as good as technology is it's definitely made us all have to move faster it's like we're trying to keep up with technology a bit so Mm -hmm. it's when we're working it's like we need to work harder work better work faster and we see it in the gym all the time, people who are racing and they're literally coming in, you know, want to smash their session because they have loads to do. And it's even that in itself, even talk about, oh, gets me kind of a tense stuff because you, you, you can feel time, that yeah. from people when they're in the gym. It's like, you know, 100 miles an hour. <laughs> you need to slow down a little bit. And when like they don't see slowing down as being productive. I think that's something I would have struggled with as well before is to understand that, you know, oh, I can't slow down. These jobs need to get done. 
and you can get a bit kind of uptight and a bit anxious about not having certain jobs done. But when you actually slow down, when you take a breath, when you kind of figure out, you know, make a list of what needs to be done, you realise things run a lot smoother. I think you said to you the last day, I was rushing out the door at like 6 o'clock in the morning to get into work. And I had my coffee in my hand and I had my bags and I was trying to grab my headphones. I was trying to unwind my headphones and I was panicking trying to unwind my headphones. And I just stopped for a second. I took a massive deep breath and I started, like, just took my time and started unwinding my headphones. Done it quicker than rushing. Then I got to the door <laughs> and then my coffee spilt all over the wall. Uh, sorry, Lisa. Coffee spilt all over the wall. And I was panicked again and I started dropping the bags and I realised again, I need to slow down here. By, by moving everything faster, I was actually probably making more mistakes. So by slowing things down and taking an extra 10 That's seconds. That's the spiral effect there. You're just making yourself more and more stressed. But I don't think, you know, most people, unfortunately, don't take that like 30 seconds to slow down, take a deep breath, realise what's happening, realise that the stress levels are, are spiralling. And it's realising that one bad thing doesn't mean your whole day is ruined. I think, you know, for somebody who was rushing a bit, you know, can't unwind the headphones, spilling coffee on the walls, you know, trying to get out the door to get to work, car was iced over, like, all these things, you can be like, my day is ruined. And it can ruin your whole day if you let it play It can on. have a massive knock and impact on the rest of the day. But if you're someone who's always rushing or seems to be always rushing everywhere, ask yourself why that is. Yeah. So why are you letting yourself get into that state? Are you not giving yourself enough time? Are you not getting up early enough? Are you not planning out your day like you know there's definitely steps or things you could be doing there to decrease your stress levels throughout the day yeah like planning your day is a really big one if you plan your day and you kind of know what you're doing you know what's next you know what's important uh if something comes up that was unexpected and it seems to you to be more important than something you planned then you insert that to that time that you were supposed to do it when it comes to fitting in exercise and fitting in training, plan it as if you would plan anything else. Like book in your training session, in your diary, that I'm going to train at these times. If you don't, don't get caught up, but just reschedule. But really focus on your training or exercise as part of your daily plan or your weekly plan. But sit down on a Sunday and plan out your week as best you can. And you'll see straight away things will just get a little bit easier. Things will fall into place a little bit easier be a little bit be- be- better throughout the week like and i i think it's just, um a lot of people don't realize the like how stress impacts people and you know i was talking to a doctor um we train inside uh recently a client of ours and he reckons that like three quarters of all the consults he does and he's just a, a gp like you know um so um, deals with a lot of people on a, on a daily basis and he reckons three quarters of all the consoles he does are related in some way to stress so that's absolutely massively chronic levels like yet people don't even identify it as an issue it's that's something that we need to do is, is identify it as like you know especially say if people listen to this are looking for you know, weight loss goals and stuff and you're actually not identifying stress as a limiting factor in you achieving your goals so stress can have an impact on your food choices. It can have an impact on whether you're going to exercise or not. It can have an impact on your sleep, which we know again affects food choices, affects our metabolism, affects, affects our hunger levels. So if you're constantly stressed on a day-to-day basis, if you're doing a scale of how stressed I am day-to-day and it's up around 7, 8, 9, even 10, it's an area you need to tackle. 
it's not necessarily going to be your nutrition or going to be your exercise or anything that is going to be most important. It's probably going to be dealing with your stress because when your stress levels come down, that's going to have this knock-on domino effect to all these other things. If you're highly stressed, is it a good time for you to diet? In my opinion, probably not. Yeah, you need to look at your stress levels first. Like, yeah, whereas, like, like, I suppose a lot of people come in and you know, just want the diet, the diet plan or just want to start exercising. Well, exercise can be great for stress. If you're in a chronic state of stress, you need to start that out first. Yeah, because if you're like having dieted before or having been on like food plans, your stress levels are really high already. You're coming in and adding this new stress. So if you're stressed, it's probably like you're you're hectic. Your lifestyle might feel a bit like you know you you have a lot going on, and now you're adding in this on top of that. So it's just understanding that making all these drastic changes on your nutrition when your issue may be stress is something you have to to look at. Stress as a health factor, especially as as we get older and we're progressing through our careers. Uh, enough studies are there to show that stress is a massive factor in cardiovascular disease. Okay, so cardiovascular disease is one of the main killers uh, in the world and stress plays a huge role. So when you're stressed, blood pressure goes up, heart rate goes up. Okay, we, we can build up then uh, blocks in our arteries which can lead to strokes and lead to heart attacks. If you're stressed on a daily basis and doing nothing about it, this constant chronic high blood pressure hypertension this can lead to heart attacks can lead to you know strokes so it's this thing me and Keen spoke about about not being fearful of what's in the future enough to take action yeah, it's like why why isn't health enough so why do we as like humans have to leave it till it's nearly like too late or that it's like you know got to uh, a really really bad place before we take action on it that's our biggest challenge i think mine and yours i think we both feel the same on this is that like prevention isn't enough for people to take action something nearly has to go wrong badly before it's i need, it's, I need a cure so, for this yeah. that's happened to me what can i do and people don't understand the power of prevention it's like yes you might never get a heart attack yes you might never get cancer yes you might never get type 2 diabetes but if you do these few things that we've been speaking out in the last few podcasts, you're going to massively reduce your chances of getting these. Yeah, because when it gets to that stage, like the question then is like, you know, you end up in the doctor and it's like, right, what do I need to take to sort this out? Yeah. Whereas if you look at the preventative uh, measure, it's like, you know, make it, maybe just making a few lifestyle changes uh, you, and you never end up in that place. I don't know any decent GP, no matter what medication to give you, if you're overweight if you're highly stressed, uh, if you're not sleeping, that they're going to offer lifestyle advice as a good opportunity. Now, some GPs yeah. will just give medication, but like if you're taking like if you're taking blood pressure medication, and you're you're obese, uh, you're not exercising, your diet is bad. Like understanding that you can get your blood pressure back to normal levels by losing weight, by exercising regularly, by cleaning up your diet. So it's this. The Laz- laziness uh, yeah, it's of, laziness yeah. but it's the culture we're in as well people don't even like think of that as the solution they look to the doctor and what you know medication they be, can be prescribed to sort it out so I think like uh, Kevin O'Regan the physio that we work with uh, describes it well I think when it comes to injuries he always says he's firefighting mm. uh, I think that's the same for doctors 
So, like, when Kevin, what Kevin says is that people come to him, they have the injury, he's firefighting, he's trying to get them to feel a little bit better, and then he sends them down to ATP, and this is where we do, like, work to hopefully prevent the injury happening again by building strength, building muscle, building mobility in those areas. That's the very same with a doctor. A doctor's firefighting. So when you go to a doctor, something has already happened. The doctor's doing what a doctor knows to do, which is give you medication. Uh, and then, but for you to to get something to, like, for, prevent it from happening again... It's going to be majority of the time a lifestyle change. Yeah, it's always going to fall. And that's actually a really good way of looking at it because it's always going to fall back on the client or the individual. They're the one that at the end of the day has to take action. Yeah, has to do something about it. Like some people will say that they, you know, they're, they're run down or they're sick because of the weather and stuff. And yes, it plays a part. Okay, but if you're like not getting enough sleep, if you're highly stressed, or, you know, walking to deadlines, uh, and you're staying up five, like only getting five, four or five hours of sleep a night. If you're living on coffee and sugar and, you know, if you're not exercising at all, these are all factors that are going to lead to you getting sick. It's not necessarily the change in weather. You can't just That's necessarily just, uh, blame. Yeah, because otherwise we'd all be sick. Yes. Like, there's a reason we don't get sick that often. Yeah. And, it, it, again, this is talking about the majority of people. I know that there's, there's ex, ex, you know, exceptions there, but by you living a healthier lifestyle you're going to increase your chances of you know, not getting sick. You're going to increase your chances of getting certain diseases. And the issue is that a lot of these diseases are diseases that are built up over time. So you might get this, this you know, cardiovascular disease. You might get this you know, type 2 diabetes, something like this. You might get this in your 40s or your 50s. But it hasn't happened in your 40s and your 50s. It's happened from fat build-up, plaque build-up, you know, from your 20s, your 30s, from lack of doing things and lack of and overeating and all these other things have built up to numbers. People look at, I have the disease now. Just to hear a new look, yeah, yeah where they're not looking at what they've done in the past, yeah. the accumulative effect again. I think the real way for change, I'm rubbing my face here because I'm like, it's, it's, it is one area that I think we, we definitely want to try and find a solution is making it almost scary enough for someone to take action now. It's unfortunate that you have to think that way, that people nearly have to be, like, scared into doing something. Yeah, and that, that is that is how I feel, is that, like, you know, if you think, of like, some people that come to the gym, come to the gym when they've kind of had enough, they've realised, OK, my weight now is gone, you know, I know I need to do something. But as I spoke about, you know, the weight hasn't crept up when you get to that point, the way it has accumulated over time, but it's gotten to a point now where it's become scary enough to you or it's 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 affecting you enough, it's affecting your lifestyle enough that you want to do something now. And I just, I think, is it, you know, do people not understand the implications of living a, a really unhealthy lifestyle? And, like, let, let's get it clear. We're not saying, like, live the ultimate monk lifestyle of, you know, but it's a case of are you doing things now that's going to affect a later you. Yeah, I don't think they look at it that way because unfortunately when most people arrive in the door to us in ATP, so even though it might be years of overconsumption or abusing their bodies nearly, like, you know, they want to be, like, fixed, in inverted commas, in 6 to 12 weeks. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you've over a decade or two decades gotten to the point where you're at now, how do you expect to complete reverse reverse it in a 6 to 12 week period and it, it we said it before like everything has a domino effect so if you improve your stress there's a good chance your sleep will improve if you improve your sleep there's a good chance your mood will improve 
your decision making will improve which would lead to better nutrition choices which can lead to you maybe dropping body fat if that's one of your goals you know it'll give you more energy to train in the gym rather than feeling it's an absolute chore like you have to associate all of these things work together yeah. I think like you know unfortunately a lot of people like they nearly get stressed out with the thought of tackling all those areas and issues but what we're saying is just look at one yeah. just try to change one thing at a time see the improvements from that one change and then you know a few weeks few months down the line make another change yeah. oh, and it, if you identify what your main what your main one is if you like what you feel your main problem is identify that and tackle that one and don't think it is just nutrition and just exercise because and sometimes it might be so you're not exercising again exercise will domino effect of like you majority of people when they're exercising will tend to eat better and then when they eat better they might sleep better do you yeah, know so the, the weight loss isn't necessarily coming from the exercise yeah. it's because of like you know the changes they've made to their nutrition yeah so back to stress <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think a big one we wanted to touch on there was uh, technology um, you, you mentioned it there before we just didn't really go, go into it so like you know, we're not bashing technology technology obviously is fantastic but it definitely leads to a lot of stress as well that we see uh, so like you know we've, we've never been so connected with like friends and family through you know social media and, and tech but like at the same time we've never been so isolated as well like it's like really deprioritizing our actual face-to-face relationships with friends and family uh, in preference of like you know mass social media consumption and technology can had like is a big role player right now in everything we do but it can cause a lot of stress and identifying is technology playing a part in your high stress levels let's just take social media as, as a huge example uh, a recent poll that myself and Keen done asking people how long they spend on social media, number one, and then what they get from social media, number two. And it's varied, obviously, but one to three hours, kind of, you know, at least people are on social media. A Minimum, day, yeah. It's a, a day. lot of time. Uh, and some people, what do you get from social media? Nothing. And that is you're spending one to three hours a day on a device that you're like scrolling mindlessly through Instagram or Facebook that you're getting nothing from. Like, I... I, I just wonder there straight away do those people you know, do they do they see that so they're spending this massive quantity of time on a social media platform and like getting absolutely nothing from it so one of the main reasons we are stressed is because we feel we don't have enough time to do things and we're rushing so that question but also we asked about the Netflix question again was one to two to three hours per day on so social media Netflix are talking anything from two to four or five hours people spending on it's like high percentage of their waking hours like yeah. on screens if you're up for 16 hours that's that's a decent amount of time that you're on screens and you're saying you don't have time to do other things it's that we're not prioritising other things and this is where lists come in this is where you're identifying on your week what you want to get done allow yourself screen time allow yourself on your phone but just identifying what else needs to get done or else it's going to be this build up of I never got that done like you're t- perfectly entitled to relax and you know, go on your phone and, and go on with Netflix but it's uh, other things ca- not getting other things done causing you to feel highly stressed then maybe look at where you can save some time in other places yeah and I mean definitely screen time is, is, is one of those areas another question we asked in that survey was do you um, follow people who make you feel bad and like a lot of people answered yes to that so it's like having that awareness like if, if someone if you follow someone they don't make you feel good or you get nothing from following them unfollow them there's an unfollow button there 
and you have a fear of missing out on something so you stay following the person who you might scroll and look at their pictures and think they're having the best life ever and your life isn't as good straight away that's a negative start to your day uh, one of the big things you should try and do if you find to find yourself you know, on your phone quite a lot is not get on your phone for at least one hour after you get up so one of the first things we can do is we'll get up uh, you know, get start getting ready and then we're sitting at the kitchen table or whatever, and we'll jump onto Instagram and you're just being bombarded with images of people's lives you're getting ready for work on a rainy day it's still dark you're like oh my god this person's in bad you're having this like life. negative toxic bomb straight first straight thing in the morning away. first <laughs> thing in the morning so like can you delay like delayed gratification uh, some studies have shown like the people who have been more successful in life are those who can delay gratification uh, so that's a challenge for a lot of people doing like a marshmallow test with kids and follow them through and the kids who didn't need the marshmallow when they left the room kind of were the kids who actually excelled in life so can you delay gratification it's probably really hard we spoke about a while ago the notifications so when someone gets when you get a notification what's your initial reaction is it to grab your phone if I'm having a conversation with Key and then I get a notification do I go and grab my phone if that's the case, then you're looking for that, as you said, like the dopamine fix that you're getting from getting that notification. Yeah, you're also, you're also telling me that, like, you know, whatever is going on in your phone is more important than our conversation. I think people don't realise that. And it's, yeah. again, this awareness that if I have my phone and I'm scrolling or texting somebody, but Kean's speaking to me, yes, I can hear some of what Kean's saying, but I am blatant, like, I'm telling Kean subconsciously that my phone, whoever you speak to my phone, is no more important than your than what you're saying to me. And you're not saying that directly, but believe me, if you're sitting around a table with somebody, that's what you're promoting. You're telling them, or if your phone rings, if you're mid-conversation with somebody, and your phone rings, and you pick it up, instead of letting it ring out, maybe get back to that person, you're telling the person who you're having a conversation with, sorry, one second, this person who's interrupted our conversation is actually more important than the conversation we were just having right now. Yeah, it even goes for like having your phone on the table. Yeah. It's like, why do you have it on the table? It's yeah. like in case it goes off. Like that's that's it's just these subliminal messages that you're sending to people. Uh, so if you're not aware of it, be aware that you are doing that. If you're out with a group of friends, like you know, don't be on your phone. You you came out to meet your friends. Try and not be scrolling through your phone. It's just rude as well, more than anything else. Like you know, yeah, it's just maybe even like creating. If, Few, few kind of like tech rules to go to go by there, and one of them definitely is like try to have those social interactions without your phone. Yeah, so just put your phone away. Like it's, it's going to be very hard because our phones have become our crutches. Like if you think if you're out with somebody uh, having a meal or just in, in a restaurant or a cafe, that person leaves to go to the bathroom. What is the first thing you do? You pull your phone out of your pocket. You cannot sit there. Just be there. Just be present. Just be kind of with your own thoughts looking around what's going on and if you look around what's going on you see everybody who's on their own has their phone yeah, it's like try, try and notice that the next time even an elevator like you know you yeah. can't like everyone whips out their phone straight away like, yeah. that social awkwardness is new I don't think that was there you know before like you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago I think like you know you're, Pe- you're people kind of forced can't, it's like people can't cope with that 30 or 60 seconds of boredom and like is it, and everyone's different, but is it a case that you don't want to? You just don't want to. If you want to avoid somebody, maybe do take out the phone. But like you know, if is it a case if you don't want to spend time with your own thoughts? I think that's a scarier idea that like people just can't be inside their own heads and spend time with their own thoughts. Yeah, you're trying to be. You're trying to be as distracted as possible. Like yeah. you know, you're, spre- you're suppressing your imagination massively as well because like in those moments of boredom, 
is like you know when you're most imagine when you come up we've come up with some of our ideas like yeah, yeah. literally just sitting down kind of we're just waffling that's when we've kind of come up with a lot of the ideas that we do like you know yeah. Yeah, so yeah, th- just those tech rules. So, um, so maybe trying to have your lunch and dinner, so meals without tech. You know, like go for a walk, talk to someone, uh, actually have a, have a um, real life human interaction. Uh, have social interactions without your phones. Just put away your phone if you're going for you know food or drinks with um, friends. And another big one as well: turn off the notifications. So put it in airplane mode. So again, you know, every time your phone is going off, you get a notification. And you find you have you have to go grab your phone, get that dopamine fi- fix. So that's that's not good. Like, you know, you're, yeah. you're prioritizing your phone, uh, those notifications over like your relationships with people. Yeah, and that's going to again lead to stress. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's really understanding when stress comes on. I think we need to figure out what what's causing stress, and if it's a number of different stresses, then that's that's okay. But you need to figure out like, what's really causing me my main stress here, and what can I do about it. So, when you're stressed, what role can exercise play? So, exercise is really really beneficial for stress relief. Mm-hmm. A lot of clients that come in to us and ourselves both get massive relief from training. Well, when you think about it, like stress actually primes us for physical activity. So exercise then is the perfect way to relieve stress. Yeah, so like when stress comes on, so we're pumping blood, we're releasing more glycogen, so more, more energy to the body in case we need to, to run or to whatever. So like by exercising, you're going to use what's, what's there to be used. If you become constantly stressed and you're not doing anything by it, that's all that's still happening, but you're not releasing it, and that's where this tension can build up. And by exercising, doing any form of exercise, even getting out for a walk and help, whatever, but you know, training in the gym. I think myself and Key in, in the three years in business, we have had some very highly stressful situations. Uh, I think I said to Key in last week, and I was like, a lot of people study business uh, and never probably run a business. And a lot of people who probably have never done anything business-like end up running businesses. And that's what me and Keen have done. Me and Keen are coaches initially, and now we're businessmen for the last three years. And we've had to learn a lot as we went on, which has caused a lot of stress. Yeah, so like some of that stress has been good and kind of forced us to learn fast. Yeah, <laughs> very fast. But then I suppose we've been in situations as well where we've been overly stressed. Yeah, so not reacting is one of the biggest things I'm going to get stuck into my book here I know the chimp paradox again but when the stress comes on we have initial reaction is to do something straight away okay remember that fight or flight uh, that response so what we need to try and do no matter what the stress and this is a learning curve me and Key and both got is to not react initially because when you react initially from a stressor it's an emotional reaction which a lot of the time is an irrational reaction. So if you can not react, take a minute, take five minutes, even sleep on it. It's definitely been proven to have a different decision kind of made when you sleep on something and then come back to the scenario and approach it differently. You will definitely say something differently. You will act differently. You will feel differently. So it's by recognizing I'm stressed. Somebody has caused me this stress. I'm really angry. I'm going to react try and understand that's an emotion that you need to pull back from try to hold it back and step away it's, it's happened with us we've had to you know step away from situations and you know just take 20 minutes half an hour and it's we'd be very stressed talking to each other I think the bit the, the, 
one of the big benefits of a partnership is that we're both being able to speak to each other and we'll still be annoyed and angry but we'll definitely approach the situation a lot differently your action will always be different it'll be yeah. more controlled we'll have put a bit of thought into it it won't just be this massive reaction yeah and why, why a lot of things blow up is because of this initial reaction if somebody and it's recognising as well when somebody else is chimping out that's the phrase yeah. we use is we chimping out. Yeah. yeah it's like you know because we kind of are aware of it now you can see when somebody is chimping out like they're just like, absolutely oh, he's being a chimp yeah just like <laughs> let just understand what they're doing that like do you have to accept it no like if this is it you know you don't have to accept what they're doing or saying but just understanding that what they're doing is an emotional reaction more than likely in 30 minutes an hour the next day they're going to feel apologetic they're going to be, feel bad about what they said uh, because we don't have much control over that unless we're very aware of it so knowing stress comes on emotional reaction is going to happen sometimes that emotional reaction is going to be I am going to eat everything in the cupboard and emotional eating is a huge obstacle for a lot of people so if your crutch if your go-to is food when emotion comes on you have to understand this is playing the same role here emotion has come on I'm going to have an emotional reaction and my reaction is to eat as much food as possible till it comforts me but then it creates this cycle where I've eaten all the food I feel good for maybe 20-30 minutes then I start to feel guilty for eating all the food and then I go back to feeling stressed because I've had all and the food. it really is that vicious cycle that just keeps going round and round and round in circles for a lot of people, unfortunately. Whereas, like, if they were able to identify first day, this big stress has come on, and it's going to take a minute here or half an hour um, to ca- to ca- calm down and have a think about it. So their their reaction would be completely different from the initial overreaction they might have had from day one. I'd say a big bit of advice you probably have for people there if you know you can identify yourself as a highly reactive person would be to go and read that book 100% Chimp Paradox because it changed your life I'd say absolutely really did like I think you know I do harp on about it but it's it's, it's one book that just really identified to me and I'd say a lot of people maybe don't know themselves that they're a highly reactive person yeah whereas like for the book it definitely made you aware of it yeah it's definitely a way of like just like realizing what what you were doing you know and being able to next time it happens to go oh hold on a second you're able to almost stop with, with a lot of training and a lot of work like i didn't get it day one but like and it's still not perfect now but it's you're able to stop the spiral and that's the word i use is that when something happens you get annoyed and so for me this is what used to really happen so someone would do something or say something whatever i would get absolutely pissed off i'm like this I get such a building up steam, but I'd say nothing, do nothing. Then something else would happen in my day, and I haven't said anything about this initial problem that it would that really set me off. Mm-hmm. And I just kept one small thing, one small thing, and then it just I would someone would say something that wasn't even that much of a big deal, blows the lid on that person who just had just nothing. They didn't really do anything wrong, but I've been so vented up from not dealing with my situation from when it initially happened to know has caused me to have an argument with this person. Yeah, you might be taking it out on completely the wrong person. Oh, well. like, yeah. I'd say a lot of people can probably identify with that. that a lot like, of people. Know. And what happens when you do then, like, after you realise you've chimped, you go and apologise to that person because you know that it wasn't really them that set it off. Like It might be something silly that kind of set it off. But it's it's getting more in touch with our emotions. It really is. It's something we have to try and do because our emotions, the psychology side of things, play a huge role in our overall health. And if your stress levels are causing you 
to freak out on a daily basis on people who you care about then you need to look at what's causing your stress levels can you change something here can you change how you react to your stress levels like it's so so important as the chimp paradox is the name of that book it is really good uh, but it's one that if you're not a chimp i don't think you'd enjoy it at all but if you do then you'll really relate to it yeah everyone maybe have different things to gain from it like, yeah. yeah um we go through some some tips yeah I think, like, when you are stressed it's important to you know understand there are things we can do yeah instead of kind of like let, letting it fester letting it build up until you explode yeah. yeah so um some tips there regarding stress um number one is identify what your main stressors are so is it just a few things or everything that's stressing you out yeah so like if everything is stressing you out like every little thing is getting to you then there's going to be one or two main things here there's going to be something in the background that's causing that if someone's saying something that's annoying you when you realize that it's not really a big deal what they're saying but it's still annoying you then you need to figure out what this maybe one deep problem is and it's this self-analysis that you have to try and do like analyze yourself of why am i feeling this way like internal conversations is not something everybody does you know like we have we have them but being able to speak to yourself and understand right i'm feeling this way because or this person has annoyed me because and understanding right is this the main issue you need to figure out what the main issue is and if you don't tackle it it's like come back to the emotional eating if you're tackling nutrition as trying to solve your your weight loss challenge but your issue is emotional overeating it's not necessarily the food you're eating it's the fact you're eating because of your emotions then until you tackle that you're, you're not going your nutrition like going on a nutrition plan is not going to change anything no, yeah. you know what I mean so it's identifying the main problem is the key here yeah so um, second one then have a strategy in place when you do get stressed so like you know when you get stressed what are you going to do about it so for me you know I go training some people will be gym or exercise could be like uh, deep breathing meditating you know have have something in place that when you feel the stress come on uh, an action that you can take. Yeah. So again, instead of just letting it build up, uh, do something about it. Ask yourself right now, listening to this, when you, like everybody gets stressed at some stage, so what do you do when you get stressed? Ask yourself that question right now, have a second, and if it's nothing, and that stress tends to build up, then maybe look at some strategies. Everybody's different, as we spoke about before, meditation isn't for everybody. You know, deep breathing mightn't feel good for everybody, but like training might, or meditation could be for you. Writing in your journal uh, on an evening or a morning. I think personally, look, uh, gratitude is one of the biggest, biggest things I think anybody can can do to really improve how they feel uh, mentally, is that if you just take a second of, how, of be grateful for all of the things we have because if you can look at somebody and think that person has all those things but then there's somebody looking at you thinking you have all those things yeah. so if that, you can be grateful that back into the, kind of the, the social media again and people kind of maybe feeling bad for where they aren't on holidays or what they're not doing or what they don't have but like be grateful for what you do have Keen asked me a question last week Keen drove us to Kenmare for lunch for some strange reason but we ended up in Kenmare and we were talking after we're three years in business and a really good question he asked me was if I said to you three years ago that you'd be here where you are right now would you be happy and I had to think about it and I said yes I definitely would like unbelievable where ATP has come what we're doing right now where I am my relationship you know I have a house I have a lot going on for me right now and it took Keen to ask me that question for me to really kind of pull myself back because 
oh, yes, I'm very happy right now. And yes, three years ago, I would have taken this with absolutely everything for where we are right now. But it's okay to acknowledge that, but also want more. I think yeah, that's important. Because, because like, you know, the reason I asked that is because when you're in it, or when we're in it, we kind of find it very hard to, to look back mm. and see, you know, where we've gotten to and how far we've come. Whereas, like, you know, as you say, I suppose it's just the way we're built that we're always going to want more and want more for our clients and be better and do more. Mm. But, like, it's just important to be happy with what we do have and how far we've come as well. Yeah, and that's, it takes it takes that reflection, I think, to really appreciate you know where you are what you have who you have in your life you know uh, because you can get caught up and I think a lot of people are getting caught up in this speedy world that we live in you know not taking a second to reflect and this is where I think a, a diary or a journal can play a big role of writing down you know how you're feeling what you're grateful for like these kind of things because I think we are we are all quite lucky in, in some way like you know it's just identifying to yourself what you actually have instead of just always chasing what you want you know, it's important to have goals and and want more, but enjoying the process along the way. We think we found we've learned now is definitely the most important part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next one: become aware of the spiral. Don't let it accumulate. So this is uh, what Ian spoke about a minute ago. Is like you know, if you start off your day and kind of something stresses you out, don't let that build into accumulation of stresses where you know you end up in a situation where you end up freaking out. Um, at someone or something for a completely th- the wrong reason so if something stresses you out early in your day like you know identify that and deal with it there and then yeah. so like you know like talk like if, if someone says something to you that annoys you like deal with it like say it to them don't just let it fester in the yeah. background don't take it out with your partner when you go home when they have nothing <laughs> wrong you know uh, but also like don't keep bringing it up either like yeah. you know if you can't do something about it forget about it now that's easier said than done but like back to the book uh, if I could, I could read the book to you we'll do a podcast we'll read the book <laughs> the, uh, but back to the book where if someone pulls out in front of you you're, on the, you're rushing on the way to work someone pulls out in front of you, you know, cuts in you're beeping you're going mad in the car just so you know that's you chimping out is what's happening there and then your man drives on like none, none the wiser. You're still really annoyed. You go to work. What you do? You tell everyone and work that this person drove by. So what are you doing? You're reenacting your those feelings again. You're bringing up that that level of stress again. You get home. You tell your partner this person pulled out in front of me. That person is gone on their day. They're, they're not concerned about you. You know, you're wasting time and you're wasting energy on on reliving this story like you know it's yeah. not something you can do out in the boat to try and move on from it yes especially if there's nothing you can do about it whereas if there's something you can do about it take, take action yeah um, are you stress eating are you using food as a crutch when you're stressed so you see a lot of people talking about like, the, the emotional eating uh, when you're getting stressed out are you going for those kind of like high sugary uh, high calorie dense foods um, over consuming them and then feeling bad about it half an hour later yeah uh, and last one is technology adding to your stress so put some tech rules in place yeah like we spoke about yeah. like there's lots we can do about stress but if you do nothing nothing happens that it's as simple as that and it's a huge that, one like, that uh, on, for, only you can take action yeah that, and that can be for almost everything they're like stop expecting things to happen if you don't take action okay so 
that's the the main thing we want to focus on about just stress today. If we understand there's loads of different areas we can go down, but just knowing to identify what your stresses are and there is something you can do. If if you say your stress levels are nine and ten, and then you say you don't have any strategies in place, then that's something you need to work on to to, to, to reduce your stress yeah, levels. There's a big correlation we saw again going back to the the surveys there is people who are highly stressed seem to have a pretty do- low down their list of priorities yeah so we like in in the in the survey and this is part of our longer term project that we're building but in the survey we asked people to rank these things in order of importance to them from one to seven and we did a few different pillars like we've spoken on in the podcast and almost i'd say 80 percent, 90 percent so far have had the areas that they're struggling with as low priority on importance but they don't recognize the importance of these areas they're they're, they're all ones and twos realistically you know of importance to do. You know, yeah like they, sh- they should be all you know in the same bracket of importance but you're looking at something saying sleep isn't that important to me but then you're struggling to sleep but if you can make sleep more important yeah that will become you know something you'll work on and then that'll improve your overall yeah. health or you're highly stressed but you don't see it as important it's yeah. ranked down as six or seven exactly yeah. okay so uh, just touching on stress we're going to finish on just touching on the holiday period so I'm not going to keep it to Christmas because if you're listening to this in six months time you're probably going on summer holidays but it's just the mentality and the mindset that we have before we go on a holiday or the lead up to a holiday and some of the mistakes that we might make that lead to the famous yo-yo of like you know I've lost a lot of weight feeling really good and I've now put the weight back on and I feel absolutely terrible and it's just trying to identify what mistakes we make, why we make them, uh, and having a different approach, a different mindset to the holiday period uh, that will stop you being stressed after the holiday period because of misunder- not understanding what's happening. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's applicable not just to Christmas time, but any holiday time where you go off for a period of time, whether it's a few days or a week, and like you massively over-consume a binge, and then that leads you to feel bad and guilty um, or undo all your hard work um, a- after you come back if you have a free for all mentality you have to ask yourself why do I have this free for all mentality and I, I, I personally I've been there I've often you know been quite you know, et really well and then I go on holidays and uh, at the buffet eat until I feel sick the difference there though is you'd be aware of it this is true yeah, yeah so like you know a lot of people wouldn't are they, are they kind of over restricting themselves for a duration of time before the holiday that's leading them then to binge um, when they're away or are they kind of you know do they feel they're missing out by not over consuming yeah it's the one people do there like is the six weeks before holidays or you know the few weeks before Christmas you'll see the rush and it's like you know my diet's going to be more or less perfect I'm not going to drink alcohol but if that's leading you to massively overconsume, you know all the chocolate all, and you know all the drink when that when this period is dieting is over, you need to take a different approach. You need to be less restrictive. Uh, so because yes, you might see this rapid weight loss, but it's going to come with rapid weight gain again unless so like fat loss. You can lose fat rapidly. You hundred percent can. All right, from a physiological point of view. You go into such a calorie deficit that your body has no option but to utilize fat for energy and you can lose body fat, okay? So people say it can't be done quickly. Look, the answer is yes, it can. But, and this is the but, forget about the physical side of it. The psychological, behavioral side 
is why it's not feasible. If you restrict to 1,000 calories a day, you will lose body fat, 100%. How long can you maintain 1,000 calorie diet? Will you do it for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and you'll see the body fat drop? Behavioral psychology says you'll do it for a lot less than that, and you will absolutely massively binge because you've been so restrictive. It'll lead to a huge rebound. Huge rebound. So, like, anyone who gives you this massive, like, it can be done, but it can't be sustained for the majority of people. There's a very rare amount of people out there who probably could do it, but it's something that you're going to try. You're going to do something that's outrageous when you come back from your holidays because you feel so bad for putting on the weight. You have to understand the decisions you're making are your decisions. You have to own these decisions. You have to understand everything you're doing is a choice that you're making. If you're not happy with those choices, you have to ask yourself, why am I making these choices? And that's where you'll find the answers. It's going to that like, quick fix mentality. It's like, you know, I've done the dog in it or I have a holiday coming up or, you know, I need to look look look, look good for a party. And it's like, you know, I need to drop pounds fast. And, you know, people automatically jump on the bandwagon of, like, quick fix diet or, you know, drop dropping p- pounds over, like, you know, a very short period of time, not realising the implications that's going to have afterwards. This comes back to what we spoke about just a while ago on delayed gratification. You know, we want instant gratification. We can't delay knowing that if we go take a slightly longer approach, then we'll probably sustain it. Like... You don't want to be on a diet for the rest of your life. You'd like So if, if your goal is weight loss, you need to educate yourself. You need to understand how it works, how fat loss actually works. So stop trying to like trick physiology. Do you know, it works a certain way, and it's about you understanding that way. If you don't understand, you, you ask us, or you, know, you, you find out more information on it. But if you're still in the mindset of this gym worked for me, or this diet worked for me, but you've gained all the weight again, then that hasn't worked for you. I think this, there is like, you know, there's there's no knowledge or education being gained. There's going for the caption of lose 12 pounds in 12 weeks yeah. or whatever it is. And like, oh, that sounds good. But like no one asks why or how that's happening yeah. and what's going to happen to me after. Yeah, the after after is always the one we kind of talk about, you know. People can look great after six weeks. How do they look after 12 weeks or 16 weeks? That's a real sign of a good coach, of somebody who's coached somebody to to learn about the value of nutrition and the value of, of training and on all the other factors that we spoke about. Like when you're approaching, say, the Christmas period, if you have a free-for-all mentality, just trying to slightly change that to, I want, I'm choosing to have a few drinks. I am choosing to eat this chocolate if you can change the word i'm choosing versus i deserve or like versus you know i'm going to have like make make the word i choose most important because then you'll kind of think for a second all right that's me owning this decision taking control of your own decisions yeah and for every action there's a an equal and opposite reaction and for every time if you eat overeat then your body's going to promote fat storage if you undereat over a period of time your body will reduce body fat but it's understanding how energy balance works how food works and that's so important it's like you, you spoke about uh, there in your talk you know the consequence there's a consequence to everything and yeah. it's just accepting it. it it doesn't mean it's good or bad it just it just means that like you know if I choose to do this this is what's going to happen and it's, it's people kind of like the term it's not fair <laughs> is something I've I've heard over the years 
I don't know. Like, I don't accept that. It, it's it's not as not fair. It's like you get a certain amount of food and drink you can eat before your body stores fat. That's that's how your body works. Because you get less than me, it doesn't mean it's fair. It's just you have to adapt. If you don't want to gain weight or gain body fat to an, ex- an excess level, then you have to understand what your amount is and walk, walk within not that. not taking into account your activity level, your height, how much exercise you do. You, know, you, can, you can't it's like stop comparing yourself to your friend yeah. or to someone else a big tip when, you, when you're eating out as well uh, is portion sizes I think people get lost and caught up in just because you've paid for something doesn't mean you have to eat every single bit of it and that's a mentality thing people might have uh, there's a restaurant in Douglas uh, Ecos I get a free meal uh, their portion sizes are absolutely huge like big massive fan. yeah we like big portion sizes but let's say if I go there with Lisa and we get the same dish we're both going to get the same large and I mean no they're, they're huge large portion size if I've ate my calories for the day and Lisa's ate her calories for the day you know, I get a certain amount that I can eat of this dish if we both eat all of it Lisa if, say if I haven't hit my calorie intake through this meal then Lisa eats the same meal she's probably in a calorie surplus but it's just the meal you've been served they're not checking portion sizes it's on you to understand if you vet more that day or if you kind of if the meal looks larger than normal then maybe you don't have to eat it all if you decide that well and good do but it's just understanding when it comes to eating out because there'll be a lot of it going on in the next few weeks and when you go on holidays you do the same thing just because they've served you that portion size doesn't mean you have to eat it all if you're full stop eating I think I think a big excuse uh, people use there is like well what was I supposed to do yeah it was in front of me but it's like what like Give your body a chance to let you know that you're full. That's called mindful eating. So it's slowing down while you're eating. It's kind of having a conversation with who you're who you're eating with, and have some food. Give it give it a minute or two. Let let your body send signals to say, look, I'm kind of feeling a bit full here. Because if you rush it, need it really quickly, then you don't have a chance before you tell you that you're full, and then next thing you're absolutely stuffed and you you've over it and you kind of feel bloated and crap. So it's like mindful eating is a, a real tip over the Christmas period is to like try That goes understand. for throughout the whole Christmas period because like, you know, where people can be completely mindless is when it comes to things like boxes of celebrations and roses. You know, you put like a dozen of them away without even knowing it mm-hmm. and you've what, consumed 600 calories, 600 calories plus. We're not being Grinches. We're not saying don't go enjoy yourself. All we're saying is own responsibility. Understand that calories exist in everything it's, and alcohol is another big one you know when you're approaching the alcohol pe- or the, the Christmas period what role does alcohol play to you or even your holiday period are you going to binge drink solid for the next two weeks or are you going to just you know, have a few drinks but understanding if you do there's calories in every single one of those and that calorie would, those calories would build up can you go for a lower calorie option of that drink I said it before if you're, if you have, if you're going away for 7, 10, 14 days add up the amount of drinks you're going to have in that period if you can go for a drink that's 100 calories less, add up the amount of drinks, and that's going to be a massive amount of calories you're going to save. And that will help with not the large regain. It's just yeah. a little bit like, yeah, so it's just, it's just making those, those choices instead of just mindlessly, whether it's eating whatever is put in front of you or it's mindlessly eating the, eating the chocolate. So it's like, enjoy it, um, but like just be more mindful of what you're consuming. I think like it's 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 okay to be full. It's okay to say you're full and not to have something. Another thing I think people kind of small off topic, not off topic, but like you know, it's okay to be hungry as well. I think people don't understand that. You know, like it's like I'm hungry, I must eat. It's like 
it's okay to be a little bit hungry too. I, th- I think to, to be fair, like we're only kind of after coming to terms with that this year. Yeah. Because, like, you know, if I was hungry before I panic. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to just even just delay it by half an hour, but an like, hour if you, you know, want. You know, you're not going to die. You, you have enough energy stores in your body to like to, to get you going for another couple of hours. So like, it's just again, this is just a tip. When I think when for me when I done a small bit of a dieting phase, it's like you know I got hungry. It's like. Okay, I'm not gonna panic. I'm gonna just, just. It's okay to feel hungry, like you know. Sometimes when you're hungry as well, it's just thirst. So yeah. I'm always like, have a pint of water, see how you feel after pint of water, you know. Uh, it's just a little tip as well to understand you don't have to be especially full like, all the time, especially with like fat loss as yeah. old. That's that's the main thing to look at. Like we we don't we want you to enjoy your holiday period 100. You come to us for help, and that's what we're trying to give you is understanding that you can still fully enjoy your holiday period whenever whatever time of year it is. Yeah, so it's, I suppose the idea is that you're not coming back in January or after your summer holidays and you're feeling bad and guilty about your actions. That's where all this comes from, is that we see clients genuinely really sad and upset and we're trying to stop that. So, like, you know, that's all, it's all in, we say, you know, well, we, we want you to feel as good as you can and not feel guilty. Yeah, just take the, the victim mentality out of it. A lot of people nearly feel, you know, when they come back, it's like, this has happened to me. It's yeah. like, oh my God, you know, how have I put on this way? But it's like, if you understand, like, you know, the, the consequences bef- behind all your choices, then that puts you kind of in control of them. Yeah. So I think some, some top tips to for, like, the attacking a holiday period. So uh, don't go out in an empty stomach. Uh, so you'll, you'll, you'll make poor decisions and you'll get drunk faster as well. Uh, that kind of applies for shopping as well, uh, too. But if you're, if you're going out on an, uh, empty stomach, uh, starving. You know you're going to be ordering starter, main course, dessert. Uh, you're, you'll go to town. It. Whereas, like you know, if you if you have like small small meal, a few hours before going out or just before going out, it'll definitely affect your decision making process for the better. Uh, when it comes to making those those calls. Like the if food. you go for if you go for dinner, absolutely starving, you're going to get absolutely everything we've done it give me the starters give me the mains yeah. give me the and then you're like oh I've ordered too much <laughs> it's like you know don't you don't have to go to full either but just have maybe a light snack I think is a great option yeah. people might think I'm saving calories a one or two hundred calorie snack before you go out will actually massively affect your decision making for the meal so get your water in stay hydrated uh, have a glass of water with your kind of um, alcoholic drinks um, like hydration is a huge one Again, yeah, like you know, we spoke about it before. It's our it's biggest just, frustration as coaches. Yeah, it just seems to get like uh, overseen, neglected. It's, it's, all again, it's just as everything is underestimation to your health. That's what it is. It's people don't see it as important to their health. Again, you know, affecting your hunger levels, uh, affecting your cognitive function, your sleep, your even your stress levels. Yeah, you would, by drinking water can reduce your stress levels. Yeah, I, I suppose one of the reasons we get so frustrated about it is just, it's just so easy to do. It's literally the most basic thing we can do. Yeah, just, just drink more water. Yeah, <laughs> Um, so plenty of protein and veg. So, you know, by filling up on like you know plenty of vegetables and uh, protein, um, you're going to be consuming less calorie dense um, foods. Like if you think like you know Christ- Christmas Day, if you're going for like all the cheese, um, calories. Yeah, just massive quantities of calories. So again, like you know, enjoy the cheese. Yeah. Um, but like be aware that's going to be very calorie dense yeah. so if you're getting filling up your plate with like uh, you know 
high fiber foods like vegetables and then uh, highly satiating food like that's high in protein um so that that's going to have a big impact then on your overall consumption of calories yeah and i think like you know i get, i said a quote last night i think it was like uh it was actually paul o'sullivan uh he's a nutritionist in cork said it originally and it was like be a vegan but just eat meat and dairy and i think that is fantastic yeah, very good, because yeah. just eat as eat loads of veg like eat as if you're a vegan but if you choose to be you know eat meat and eat dairy just eat eat eat, eat that with the veg like you know because it's, it's a massive benefit to your health by I think a lot of people, yeah, people gain a lot uh, by eating that that, yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, next one, nominate days that are most important to you. So what I was getting at here is, like you know, instead of kind of going into that the holiday period, mindlessly just like every day being a free for all. Every day you're 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 going drinking and massively over consuming. Like if you can pick and choose days that are more important to you, where you know, you know um, uh, that that you're going to be consuming more, whether it's alcohol or food. Have those as the days um, that you've set aside instead of, like, you know, one day leading into next yeah. every day being uh, a, a over, you know, over-consuming. I think, like, I do this with a lot of the brides in ATP uh, in the lead-up to their weddings, 10 weeks out, kind of 12 weeks out, Mark. We get them to write down in their diaries, what they see as sessions and what they see as a couple of drinks. Because if you don't, especially up to the likes of a wedding and stuff, they all become sessions. They all, you know, I only meant to have two, one or two drinks. But if you can have, like, this is going to be a session, you just commit to it, enjoy it fully, 100%, no guilt, no nothing. And then you go, I'm going to have two glasses of wine, this one. 90% of the time, you'll stick to the two glasses of wine because you made that decision already. And it's the same for this kind of period there. Yes, um, it's a good idea on, like, picking and choosing the days that are most important. Um, last one then, don't overstress about it. Enjoy it. At the end of the day, life is for living, uh, but don't have that free from mentality that we spoke about. Yeah, and that that is the the closing note is that we might come across as you know a bit dry or, but like we're really not. We want you to to live your life to the fullest and enjoy every bit of it, whatever that means to you. Uh, but just knowing that you're in way more control than you think, and. By accepting that responsibility, educating yourself a little bit by listening to these podcasts. If you've made it here, it's episode six. We hope you've learned a lot. This is the I said the last episode of this series. We definitely look in the future to maybe doing some more, and there will be like more interviews and ATP because our goal at the end of the day is to educate you to be able to live healthier, to be able to live longer, and to be able to have a better lifestyle. And the areas that we cover are going to be like improving your nutrition, exercising regularly lowering stress levels or improving stress levels having better quality sleep having good relationships with family friends your partner having a a goals and purpose in life we think are are really important these are all kind of pillars that we feel are very important to your overall health we are working on building an online education platform for someone to come in and maybe you know walk through the platform and have a strong idea of what they need to do should they choose to to give themselves the best chance at living as long as possible because that is our goal at the end of the day. I want to thank everybody so far for all the support for the podcasts. Myself and Keen really enjoy doing them. We do put a lot of work in. Uh, we were very nervous day one, not as nervous today, which is great. Uh, we want to wish everyone a happy Christmas. If you're listening to this now, if you're listening to six months' time, enjoy your holidays. Uh, but just thank you very much. Thanks, guys.